Welcome one and all to the Huddersfield Town Social. My name is Greg Moore and joining me as ever, Cameron Pope, Ian Kilroy and Gas K. Um, it's been quite an interesting week again to be Huddersfield Town fan, isn't it? Um, but it all culminated in yesterday in quite a pathetic 2-0 um, defeat to Watford, um, which was just full of errors. And unfortunately, Ryan Schofield, our newly appointed number one, was at the centre of one of those, despite making a few saves. But it was a game where we offered very little going forward. We'll get on to transfers and whatnot later on, but for 90 minutes of football, that's the Huddersfield town that we don't want to see week in, week out, isn't it? Well, there's not much to say about that game, I don't think, really, is there, Greg? I mean, OK, you can look on the bright side and you can pick out some good individual performances. I thought that Harry Toffler played well again. He uh, he got forward as usual. He also covered well centrally, I thought, when we were exposed at the back. I thought that Aaron's at least looked to have potential when he got forward. I think he found himself frustrated at times. He was doing well to go forward and the foul got pulled back for Bakuna. Um, and it was a shame to see him come off, actually. I thought that he, I would like to see a little bit more than him, uh, more of him. Um, and I think even Alex Vieco, until the obvious, looked composed and calm at the back. He seems to just... Uh, doesn't seem to get too flustered. And then obviously that's very ironic seeing as what happened for the uh, for the first goal. But yeah, you can't talk about this game and not and not centre around the absolute clanger that changed it. I mean, and I, I feel for Ryan Schofield because he's shown the best and the worst of his game in that 90 minutes. A tremendous save to keep it at nil nil in the first half, but then just a total mind blank for the opener. It's like some of um, Bradley, Bradley Walsh is like own goals and gaps in it they used to get when you were a kid and everything one of them DVDs it, I, I just I can't I, I've seen it about four or five times now and I can't piece together what was going on okay you can say it's not the best ball from the Echo it, it isn't it's a little bit on the hit but that the blame is solely at, at, at Schofield's gate for me you're a goalkeeper you've got to be alert to it when the ball's in the edge of your own penalty area you just got to put your foot through it it was a real real blunder and it is of his own doing and you know in the context of this week and given, and we're going to talk about transfers in more depth in a minute, aren't we? But in the in the context of the fact that okay, him is left, and we are now he is now our senior goalkeeper. And we have Bill Pereira, who's played one game and not a great one, on the bench. That immediately sets me at panic stations. Um, I think the second goal we didn't deal with too well either. I thought Pat Jones, I was impressed with him against Plymouth, but I think he, we sure just how far he's got to come before he's a first team regular. Um, you know, when he was taken apart by Kiko Femini having just come on. So, you know, I feel for him as well because he wasn't the sort of sub that we needed in that sort of game at 1-0 down against Watford. You, know, you don't bring a 17-year-old kid on. And I mean, I, I, you know, I wish him all the best because I feel like he's definitely got potential, but he needs a loan deal, something like that, not to be brought on against a side going for promotion. And so we didn't do ourselves any favours. Uh, there were really avoidable goals uh, to concede. I thought that the Echo perhaps could have done better for the crossing for the second one as well. So... It was just a disappointing one, really. I thought we went behind and it was the similar the similar tale. You looked at the bench, you thought, well, I can't really see many game changes on there. And I think we just saw the plan unfolding before our eyes and we knew what was going to come, really. And so I know a lot of people who turned off at 1-0 knowing where it was going. And, and it pains me to say, but but they were right. And we find ourselves in the exact same predicament we knew we'd be in. Um, and, you know, we haven't got the place to change a game. We can't come back from being behind. We can't take games to opposition above us in the league, the ones against whom the results really matter. And so for me, it just feels like what could have been a real opportunity is slipping away. Yeah, I thought it was an OK showing. Um, you know, if you believe everybody in the media and certainly town fans on social media for some bizarre reason, Watford are premiership bound. 
Um, I didn't think they were actually that great, by the way. I thought with a bit more quality in the town team, I thought they were there for the taking. Um, they were very direct. They played four strikers more or less up against our back five, which obviously took Pipper and Toffolo out of the game a little bit, and maybe that was part of the game plan. But they were very direct. Um, you know, it, it was pretty much front to back. Um, you know, we were we were tidy, but we were ineffective. I mean, the goals you, you've already highlighted it, Cam. I mean, they were just no matter, at any level, they're really poor goals, both of them. Um, and and fully enough, I I picked out the Bayeko uh, missed opportunity on the second goal, like you did. A proper centre half there clears the ball, the man, the lot at the front post. He, he sort of made an half half an attempt and then didn't want to kick the bloke and before you know it's in the back of the net but we created now um, you know, what was it one shot it was Scott I shot the only one on target from what 40 yards we created nothing um, Bakuna was back to his frustration how I'm just you know flatter to deceive is probably the best way to describe Bakuna he's back to his flattering to deceive best um, could have been different Dini could have walked I thought his tackle was hor- I mean, it was horrendous that challenge if that's the Premier League, he's VAR and he's off, I mean, without a doubt. Um, but, you know, let's. I'm, I'm not blaming the ref, I, I think, to be honest. I actually, in fairness to Critchley Noble and Reg, I actually think they coped with Dini. I don't think Dini was the problem. Sar was the one causing us most of the problems. So, yeah, we, we did okay. I, I mean, I think a particular highlight for me, having watched it on iFollow, was the commentary because Radio Leeds are grounded. We had the joy of Dave Threlfall, I would say his name, Dave Threlfall, Sykes and Lee Bromby telling us how great it was, uh, you know, pretty much giving each other reach arounds about how easy it's been for these B-teamers to slot into the first team and look like they've always played there. Well, that's great if they create something and do something, you know, and, and I've, I think I was thinking about something that Matt Glennon said, and I, I, he's right, you know, Matt Glennon pointed out that when you get to the A-team, results matter. You can play in the B-team and play pretty and play effective and lose 2-0 and still get applauded. Well, you know, when you're playing in competitive games and results matter, you can't you can't do that. Um, you know, we we we've got we've got a, a big hole, and I'm going to come on to transfers. But I think yesterday was another example for me of how far some of these kids have got to go before they're anywhere near first team ready. I think you've got to break you've got to break that game down into the two halves because they were really really different. Um, it was pretty clear from kickoff that it were a bit of a a damage limitation mode for town, wasn't it? We didn't. We didn't really turn up there expecting to win. We put out the lads that we had, the boys that we had, really. I won't even call them lads. I think a lot of them are, are too young to be classed as that. Um, but we, we put out a team that was admittedly weak. We can talk about the causes of, of the injuries and why we all think it's the way it is. We can uh, whinge about transfers not being good enough just yet, not enough in to help out the lads. Um, but if you look at the lads that were out there in the first half anyway, they were out there to do a job and that was to really frustrate Watford and, and hopefully be able to nick a point. The thing is, I think we got a bit cocky there at half-time after a first half where there weren't that many chances e- either way. Bar Schofield's brilliant... I think he made two good saves in that first half. There was one, a rebound in the box. They went down well to his left, that pure reaction save. And there was a second one, I think, from Starr, um, who cut into the box and, and put one out towards the bottom corner. It'd be Schofield's bottom left, and he dived down really well to stop that going in as well. So they had a couple of chances, but overall it was it was a bit of a stalemate um, because Town played so deep. We played a back four... Toffolo and, and um, Pippa were pretty quiet in that first half because there wasn't much going on. Bakuna, I thought over the 90 minutes, yeah, not great. But in that first half, he did what he had to do. I prefer O'Brien, as we spoke about before, in the centre midfield. He does a lot of business in there, not just with the ball, but off the ball. He's, he's box to box. He's always there as an option. 
and he did a lot of hard work and, and what they were doing town in that the, the, def- the midfielders were sitting quite deep that Dini had didn't have the space that he normally has to, to t- turn games what he likes to do is he likes to drop from defenders in between the midfield in that little line there and do a little bit of nice work problem is for him Bakuna and O'Brien were there all of her staff Dini was pissed you could see it. he was getting wound up every time he tried to drop for the ball we had two guys there Beko was normally playing in the back line it was more like a back five in that first half but that's what led to Dini kicking Bakuna. That's what happened there. He was getting pissed off for how well he was being marked and he just let a little kick out. And yeah, okay, it's a red card for me as well. He got away with that. But then so did Fraser Campbell when he's gone in two-legged, two-footed later on in the first half. He didn't make contact. But if you, if, if Dini walks for the first one and then Campbell's gone in and it is two-footed, whether it's light or not, that's what he's done. If you throw a punch and miss, he's still sent off. Campbell's there has put two feet in. He's been fortunate to only get a yellow card, I think, for it. And um, had Dini gone, I think he'd have gone as well. Then at half time, we've gone in and, okay, we haven't created very much, but uh, we'd take a point, we'd all take a point. Straight away after the half time, we, we, we've suddenly chucked on our wingers, uh, our fullback, sorry, forward again. So, so Toffolo and, and Pippa bombing on. They, 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 in the three minutes before we conceded our goal, they, were, they created, I think, three attacks. Um, I think Pippa did two and, and Toffolo did one. There was a, a distinct change in approach. And the problem is, as soon as you do that, you left you leave yourself open, especially with such inexperienced centre backs that we have. Um, we, we gambled, we gambled again, and it and it didn't pay off, obviously, because uh, we considered a goal that was pretty horrific. I'm going to blame um, both of them for it. Vallejo's done a no look back pass, a no look back pass to the centre of the goal. Now there aren't many rules in def- in defence that you can't follow anymore. Like you're never supposed to pass across the face of your goal. That doesn't exist anymore. That's a 1990s thing. You still don't pass back to your goalkeeper in the middle of the goal. You just do not do that. So that's the first error there. And he's he's not under-hit it. That's not the problem. Schofield is not a ball-playing goalkeeper for me. It looks like he's being asked to do something that he's not naturally great at. And you can see him, see him having to think about what his next action is. Bayeko passes him the ball cam. What happens? Schofield's looking for the next pass beforehand. If you look at him, he's looking to his left and looking to his right to see where the fullbacks are. That's why he doesn't set off to get the ball at the when he should have, because he's not watching that. He's looking to where to pass the ball next. If Baiko's got his head up and he has a look, he'd have seen that. He'd have seen that. And as an experienced professional, he should have been able to sort that out himself and stop that. Schofield now, for me, had a poor performance against Reading, as we spoke about previously. And he's had another poor performance um, today, which was the fear we all spoke about last week after... after um, well, now with Hamer going, I hope Hamer's gone and, and, and we're left with Schofield alone. Pereira, Pereira's got next to no hope of ever doing okay for us because he's already been written off by the fans and we know how hard it is for goalkeepers to come back after that. And now we're left with Schofield as the number one. My fear is that we've, um, hung him, we're going to end up hanging him out to dry a little bit. His confidence is going to be shot after yesterday, after what happened at Reading. He's now done it twice. It's becoming a pattern. We saw how quickly with um, Ben Hamer, he can, he can go downhill. It, it, it's it's we've put ourselves in a situation that I see I just I just cannot accept and, and and I might have been very happy with how the first half of the season has gone but the second half of the season started horrifically getting rid of Ben Hamer on the cheap just to save a few pounds to rebuild next year might seriously damage Ryan Schofield's um, development this year I really I really feel that and I, I cannot put enough emphasis on that I really feel we've we've done him a bit of a shitter there. Um, he's not ready for first-team football week in, week out. He's not ready for it. The mistakes he's making recently prove that. He will be ready in time if he's developed properly, but the way we're going about it just doesn't sit well with me. 
And after that first goal has gone in, we'd already gone, but we looked lost straight away. Straight away, chucked the young lads on. Pat Jones, he's looked all right in the friendlies and a little bit of cup action he had last week. He looked all right. First thing he does when he comes on, Firmino, the right back, um, goes around the outside of it. First minute, the first minute he's been on, uh, it's just, it's absolutely crazy. Jao Pedro whacks the nice one over Pat Jones's head to the fullback. Jones is ball watching. Fullback gets around the back of him, takes a mick a little bit, cuts in again through him. And, and it's a nice, easy tap into the back post. I can't blame Becca for that one. I don't think at the front post he could do too much. It, came, it comes across pretty fast and it shouldn't have got to that point. Pat Jones should have dealt with it, but Pat Jones shouldn't have dealt with it. He shouldn't be in the team at this point. He's not ready either. We're playing against one of the best teams in England. Watford now, what, they were sixth before we played them. I don't know where exactly where they are in the league now. 26th best team in England. And we're putting a lad who's 17 who only signed a professional contract last year. We're putting them up against some of the best players in the country and expecting them to perform straight away with, with little help. And we're in this situation because we've not brought enough transfers in. We've not brought enough experienced professionals in, people that can help the first team right now. We know that. And they're doing the best. They are doing their best. But the best isn't good enough. And for Cam to say last week that we're probably safe on 31 points and so far, yeah, we probably are. We probably are. But, but with the way the injuries are creeping up, people are getting injured in training. Now, that, that's so worrying. They're not, they're not necessarily injuries in games and getting carried off, like impact injuries, flukes and unfortunate events. These things are, 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 are players are getting, to me, the players are being ground down by intensive training, right? And so many games in such a short period of time, and a lot of time spent on coaches and, and in public, not public transport, but going to and from games. It's just, we're asking a lot of the players in a very small squad. We know this, this is not conjecture. We know murder ball is a thing. We know they like to work very, very hard on the grass. And at the beginning of the season, we saw the rewards of that. Fantastic. Brilliant. I'm the biggest fan of it. Love it. But then when you get to this point in the season, as many predicted, as we predicted on here, injuries do catch up eventually. I thought this would come in November. I'll admit that. I got that one wrong. I'll apologize. Sorry, Phil. Got that one wrong. But now we're, in, we're only six weeks later on, and now we're absolutely fucked. We are fucked because we have next to no players fit. And, and these players that just like a little knock and they're out for another week. Johnny Ognow's another hip injury, two to three weeks, you reckon? Naby Sarr, somebody mentioned that would be three months. I think the rumours were going around on that, but obviously that needs to be confirmed by the club. What, what's wrong there? What's happened there? Iting was never going to last the season. We know that. Injuries are here now because of the system and because of the training. And yeah, okay, a little bit of luck, no doubt. But we've got to go out and sort it out because the young lads that played at the weekend were found out a little bit. They were found out. And if we don't change it, they'll get found out again. And they'll be found out the week after. And then you're creating and causing damage that will take years to recover from. Instead of helping the development, you are destroying them. They might talk DTS and Bromby on the uh, commentary as if these guys are will beaters. Do you know what? Maybe they are. Maybe they can be. But Jordan Williams had to leave to reach it. If we're chucking guys in like this in a weakened team in a tough division, they won't learn very much. It'll just damage them. We've got to be very careful. And we've only got a few weeks to sort this out. Otherwise, the run to the end of the season might not be the nicest one for any of us to watch and for them to play in. The Hamer thing's really interesting. The, the picture that's been painted by the club is we've released him almost like we're doing the bloke a favour. You know, with respect to... And I don't mean to be horrible, but Ben Hamer's contract next year shouldn't be our club's concern. That's Ben Hamer's concern. He's employed by us and therefore, you know, if we've got rid of him to save the wage, then then be honest. Don't make out we're doing the bloke a bloody favour. I mean, please. Uh, it's 
I mean, we always seem to come back to transfers on pretty much any of the podcasts you guys have had me on. We always seem to come back to transfers, don't we? Um, I think I was I was swapping a couple of messages with Cam yesterday on, on Twitter. You know, I think there was a bit of a, a social media hoo-ha from, from some of the happy clappers. I'm surprised I didn't see one from you, Ian, saying, you know, you can't go and sign a boatload of players just because we've got a big injury list. Well, even if all of those players that were injured were fit, we'd still be three or four short. You know, we are so thin on the ground. And I guess I guess we have to be careful what we wish for because we're all complaining we don't have any experience, we don't have first-team players ready. And and Phil's answer to that may be, well, I'll bring in Richard Keogh, a man that was captain of a team that was in the playoffs 18 months ago, who, for whatever reason, has found himself somewhere else now that we can bring in on a, a fairly short-term contract, 18 months on decent money. I, I can see, you guys can't say this, but I can see Cameron and Ian pissing themselves. But, but my, you know, but I... But that's the point, and we have to be careful what we wish for. I think we've got to make sure if we're making signings, they're more Peeper slash Toffolo than they are Keo slash Tommy Elphick. But we're not even getting that at the moment, are we? We're not even getting that. That we're two weeks into this transfer window, and now Rolando, I'm, I'm, I was impressed with Aaron's yesterday. I thought he was the brightest brightest point in the team. I thought he did a nice little bit of work, a bit. It reminded me a bit of how Karoma was at the beginning of the season. You know the raw. You know they've not had the game time at this level before. They, they need to, to, to get their composure. They need to just calm themselves down a little bit. They are trying too hard. And that can actually... People might not believe that, but footballers can try too hard. He's snatching at chances. He's, you can see him. He was just too many extra stepovers. He's working hard in the... Chasing everything down. Things that he doesn't actually need to chase down. Think he could have, he could have left, left a little bit of things left a few things so he, he could reserve his energy for later on. He was good. And in that first half, we sat so deep to have an outlet like him further up was good. was really good. So initially on one game, one, you can't really look at the Plymouth game as, as anything for him as he was a late sub, but uh, with a one game um, test, he looks, he passes it. He passes my test. Anyway, it looks like he will be an asset, but the Hamer thing, we, we, we have downgraded to Schofield. Now that's nothing to say Schofield won't become a great keeper in time. He might do. I hope he does. I genuinely hope he does, and I hope he does with us. I hope he, I hope he's our number one for years. I hope we don't sell him on the cheap like we did Smithies, because Scofield. Uh, we all love homegrown keepers. It's one of the things that all town fans always look like. Great, we want him. Stay great. Develop him. Help him. But we've downgraded. So what that tells me, and, and going into this transfer window, we spoke of this before in that we were close to the playoffs and we had a chance of doing something if we brought the right plays in. We knew the, the squad would, would, was small and challenged in regards to the games we have to play in a short period of time in the training. But we had an opportunity here to, to push on to the playoffs with, with some wise recruitment. Now, to me, the club aren't doing that whatsoever. That, that's not on their mindset. They're looking at B-team signings. And we knew they'd do that. We thought they'd do that. And that's great. They have to do that. But I thought they'd do both things rather than just focus on one. The club, to me, have written off the season. We're in rebuild mode. It's a bit of an NFL franchises do it all the time, but they have a draft to play for. They, they tank and, and then they get a nice draft pick and they get rid of all the players that are on huge wages and then rebuild. And that's great in NFL because coaches stay there for 10, 12 years. You've got general managers stay there for 10, 12 years. You have a system there that's implemented over a long period of time. The problem is with football, you can't do that because there is a relegation issue if you get it wrong. So to rebuild a squad takes does take time especially as radical as we're trying to do it it just feels like we're writing off the season when when 
when we were so close to doing something, I think, very special if we did recruit well in this month. And that's why I think it sits a little bit, it sticks a little bit in my throat because we might not get this opportunity again. It's a weak year. Clubs haven't recruited much last summer because of COVID-19. We know that. But to, to not actually even try to bring players in right now who can have the impact that Pippa and Toffolo had. We brought Carlin Grant in in a January window. So when people say there's no value in January, well, there's Toffolo for one and Carlin Grant for two as perfect examples why that is a load of bullshit. The value is always there if you can find it. If, if you go out looking for it, it is there. And if you're willing to take the risk, but at the moment, it just feels like we're the only risk we're taking is putting players into the team who might be good enough, right? So we'll sell somebody like Hamer, who we know is good enough, and we're gambling on somebody like Schofield that he might do. Maybe he can do a job. He's cheap. Hopefully, we can just get through to the end of the season and look at it next summer. And that's a dangerous game to play in football, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. After listening to Threlfall Sykes and Lee Bromby yesterday, they're convinced it's a team full of nuggets. Honestly, they are. You know, the way they, they talk these young players up. And the trouble you have is, if they're telling that to Phil, Phil might be believing that. You know, so why do I need to go and spend two, three, four, five million pound on players when I've got an academy full of kids who, with a little bit of support, will shine and then go on to make us a load of money? So I, that that's also perhaps, <clears throat> excuse me, part of the problem. Ian, I think we we've, um, you know, I was talking to my son yesterday about the the parachute payments. You know, we've still got Premier League parachute payments. Can you believe a club that's scraping around like we are has got that level of income? We've got the, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go all where's the Jordan Rhodes money, but you know, we we made some, we made some pretty significant transfer sales in the in the summer in terms of inbound money, you know, and I appreciate we're in a COVID lockdown, and and I've I've already stuck up for Phil and the club on, you know, managing cash flow is key. You've got to manage your cash because without it, you're dead in the water. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I keep saying this, I'm not advocating going out and and splashing five million quid. But, you know, it's pathetic. You know, Watford have got a team full of Premier League players because they've got parachute payments. We've got parachute payments. And what we've done is cleared Dean Oil's debt. And that's therefore leaving us in the lump that we're in now. I really don't know where we, where we, we go with this. And, and I'm hoping Phil pulls some out of the bag and, and, and surprises us all. But I'm just with you, Ian. I think we'd, we're now in a position where we've written the season off. If we find somebody we think is good value, we'll pick them up. If not, we'll wait till the summer. I, th- I think you could sum it up as austerity, really, can't you? Um, I think I, I've got a few notes written in front of me, but Ian, he basically summed up in the first instance, you know, what, what I wanted to say. I think that um, it does feel that, OK, we've taken this as a rebuild season, but this was a huge opportunity we're not going to get again. I mean, who's exactly, is exactly as you said, Ian, who's to say that Carlos, with, with what he can do with this, you know, with this, this, this threadbare squad, who's to say he's not going to get a better offer and someone that will back him? You know, he'll know. He playing in playing this murder ball philosophy. He will know um, that his players are going to take a batter, and then he's going to have soft tissue injuries, etc. He'll know that. So why is he not getting the backing that he needs? Okay, if we had a full cohort of a squad, if we had twenty first teamers, so you could pad out a match day squad and a bench and everything like that. Then okay, with a few injuries, we'd still we'd probably be in the position we are. We we were at the start of the season with with the injuries. You know, we, we're not not blessed with an abundance of uh, of options, but still managing it, not having to pad the holes out with young lads who, you know, it could be detrimental to them, who hope I'm not going to grow up believing they're no good at men's football because they can't cut it at 17. They shouldn't be exposed to that for another few years. But And that's the thing we did. We, we risk doing more harm than good. And I think the B team could be a really good idea if it's allowed to develop the right way. And that can't be bypassed 
to then allow to throw players straight into the first team, you know, uh, on a weekly basis, because it is a weekly basis now as well. It's not just we found ourselves short uh, one week in, in five. It, it happens now that I look down the bench and I, I think I actually, I, I don't know, a couple of these lads, or I think, you know, I need to remind myself because it's happening far too often now. So I, I do think the hysterity is killing our chances this season. Because look, yeah, I stand by what I say. I don't think we are going to go down. I think there's far too many teams down there. I think we're still 12 points clear of it, aren't we? And then uh, we, we're near, it's not often we can say at the halfway point that we're nearer to the playoffs. We're still only nine points off the playoffs. That is not too far, okay? And we've still got, what, a couple of weeks left in this window? There's, there's an opportunity there this season, okay? There's an opportunity there. And I'm not saying that it's one we're going to take. And to be honest, no, I don't think we're going to see much traffic in the transfer window. Just going off what we've heard and what we've seen so far, I don't think that's going to happen. But, OK, yeah, you can say we're playing it safe. And, I, and, and yeah, me and Gaz were talking on, on, on Twitter about how people are saying, well, it'd be silly to go and, and sign loads of players in now. But we wouldn't need to do that if we'd done that in the first place. And we've said this is what's been going to happen for the whole season. You know, we've said we're going to find ourselves short. The player philosophy that's too high in intensity to allow for so few players in the team. We don't have the players we can uh, bring on to change games. You know, we're bringing poor Pat Jones on, who just isn't ready for a game like that. And there's no, and there's no shade on him there, not at all. I think he could be a good player on his day. He probably needs some Simon League, one League, two, or in the B team, exactly. But what he does not need is getting thrown on against Kiko Feminine and Troy Deeney. You know, that is not what he needs. Um, and so, you know, we need players we can bring on with half an hour to go and we're 1-0 down. We can think, all right, well, let's get them on. Let's see if we can change the game. We've not had that in a couple of years now. We've not had that in a couple of years and we don't have it now. And for me, I think that's the thing. As soon as the first goal goes in, the heads go down and that's it. And it's the same thing, you know, with Schofield. I, I, I struggle with the Heron decision. I really do because, okay, some people have, there's very mixed opinions in the fan base. Some people really didn't rate him from the off. I think that's a good goalkeeper who had a bad season. 2019 2020 look at the career he's had i mean there's the guy 33 look at the career he's had okay he's made a living out of playing league one championship football all right okay he's not a bad goalkeeper he's not thieved a living for the last 15 years but he had a bad season fans got on his back and yeah okay it's frustrating when you see you got your make mistakes but town fans did take it too far it was it was really personal abuse and i think to come back from that the way he did this season i thought that was tremendous and it was just his bad luck that he lost his place not through form but through fitness and then obviously you've got to give Ryan Schofield a go and, you know, goodness knows he took it. But that's not to say that, OK, he's probably not played. He's not he's not played like um, the, the games he's going to have to play for the rest of the season. So 22 now, you know, I, I don't have to think it's in front of me, but I don't think he's played that many senior games for town yet. You know, it's like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's a lot to ask of him. That's a lot of pressure to put on him. And if he knows he's got like Ben Hamer there as well, who I'm sure he can learn off. Then he's developing at his own pace, but now he's got no choice to. He's thrown straight in at the deep end and forced to tread water with the Sharks. And I don't think, I, I don't, I can't see that being a smart move. I don't want to write Joel Pereira off, but it's hard to ignore all that you hear from him. I've spoken to Hearts fans who said that, okay, we couldn't see how United rated him last season. Uh, it was a really poor debut when we did see him. I don't have a lot of faith in him, and I, you know, I, I don't want to write off the young lad too early but you know if that's what we have on the bench then it's it, again it's it's two very well, it's one very unproven player and one who's definitely got potential but probably needs it's probably still a bit raw and needs a, his, his skills honing a little bit because he could be a great keeper in, in, in a couple of years if he's allowed to develop at the right pace but I think we're accelerating this now and that risks doing doing more harm than good so this season was an opportunity where if we had a big enough squad we could have mounted a challenge and we could have competed in every game and not had to maybe 
um, you know, rest some and, and, and throw out a week inside and some to, you know, to prioritise others. We could have had a go in the cup, which I'm, I'm still bitter about and I'm still not over. Um, so, look, you can say it's wise to play it safe, but it, is that what you want to watch football for? On, on the Ben Hamer transfer, and I, I went back on soccer base and looked at Alex Smithies when he was coming through. Matt Glennon was on the bench for a lot of that first full season under Lee Clark. And then the season that we lost to Peterborough, which was Smithy's second full season, we had Ian Bennett on the bench. So you had, I think Bennett was an extremely good goalkeeper who played top two divisions pretty much for his entire career. So you had a keeper there who was experienced back up, could play, he knew his position, he went into coaching, didn't he, afterwards? That's what you need with young players. Ben Amos, 33, he's got a wealth of experience. I, don't, I think he gets a raw deal from fans, like you say. Town fans, when they ju- jump on someone, they jump on someone, as we all know. So maybe you saw that uh, well, that season we went up, even though he was a hero at uh, Wembley. I, I fear they're going to start jumping on Schofield. They made two very, very good saves yesterday. But it's that mistake that's going to be the problem. And to not have an experienced person there talking him through it, with the wealth of experience, that is had I think that's a major issue you know you've got Papadom hands who you know what's his experience going out on loan every season to a different club he's not really getting much you know I'm, I'm sure he, he he can tell us all about how shit Scottish football is but you know it's it's not exactly going to be beneficial to Ryan Schofield the goalkeeper that we want to see in the next three four five years developing as a number one so that decision's to let Hamer go is completely financial because I think if it is going to be a detriment to the club because in the summer we're going to have to find an experienced goalkeeper I think as to be number two if you are going to put all your chips into Schofield being number one which I don't think is a bad thing but also now we're looking at signing players I mean I cannot believe the club with their stupid Twitter man- manifestation of Terry Inbound for a guy from Boreham Wood. That is fucking shambolic, you know. Fair enough if you're bringing in a, a top-class learnee, if you're bringing someone from Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City back into the club who's going to improve the first team, but a lad who's probably going to go out and learn to lead two or something, let's make a big deal about it. Embarrassing. But now the two players that were heavily linked the two players who've played for us previously. Richard Keogh, who was unceremoniously sacked by Derby County, who's supposed to be a leader. Uh, you know, encouraging drink driving is not really um, a leader, is he? Allegedly. Um, and then you've got Dwayne Holmes, who's 26 years old, who we still think he's 20, but he's not anymore. He scored six goals in 9,800 appearances for Derby County. Neither of them players are, are going to improve us to the level that we need to be. And it's all about who we should be signing. And it is players in their early 20s who've got potential to develop. Rolando Aarons, as much as we've, town fans have had a laugh and a joke, is like, oh, we just don't need Rolando Aarons. He actually fits into the model of player we want to be signing. Why are we signing a 34-year-old bloke who, who got sat by Derby County? You know, Why are we signing a 26-year-old lad who's never really lived up to the potential he had when he was 17, 18, 19 years old. They don't meet the criteria of where you think the Huddersfield Town should be going, especially when you've got young lads out on loan at Peterborough in Reese Brown. Well, you look at it and you think, OK, Dwayne Arms, 
everyone wanted him to push on the way he was. Everyone wanted him to be in that USA World Cup squad, didn't they? But in the end, okay, it just didn't quite work out. What what he had never materialised. And I look at it and I think, okay, Carlos, as we said, is is, is a specialist with, with with young players. And okay, he's not that much of a young player anymore. But Jesse um, Lingard is first supposedly oh, young. We, Twenty eight years old. We we can't compare the two because okay, yeah, yeah, twenty six. Twenty six is it young? The point I'm making. The point I'm making is that, OK, Vasti's not, OK, a young player. He's still got some good years ahead of him, right? And he's a player who, OK, isn't young, but has never realised his true potential. And so if that's if that's what we're going with Carlos is about, if he's about getting the, the best out players and making sure they hit their potential, then, OK, Dwayne Holmes is a, Holmes is a bit older than, than, than most of his, his cohort in that respect. But maybe, perhaps, that's what he can do with Dwayne Holmes, OK? He, he knows how to tap into players and to get the best out of them. Maybe perhaps that's what they're thinking. I, I don't. I don't know. It was one that came out of the left field, surprised me. Um, I, I, again, I'm thinking right. I'm all for getting bums on seats now, and I think okay, right. Well, at least we're having talk of getting players in. Um, Dwayne Holmes. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, and maybe Carlos has had a look at him, and maybe he thinks he can get the best out of his game, and maybe he thinks he can get out of him what others have not got out of him so far. Because okay, he's he's still. He still, we knew there was a player in there and we never got quite to see it. So that's not the signing, the, the, the preferred signing that I'm concerned about. The one I'm concerned about is Richard Keogh. I mean, uh, the, the one good memory I have of Richard Keogh, didn't he score an absolute belter against it? Bristol City or something about 10 years ago that I seem to remember. He cracked from about a mile out. Uh, but everything else, remember, was in, you know, was um, on, 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 on front page at newspaper not so long ago. I think, well, is that the kind of... I don't want to sound too picky here, but I don't think I'm being too picky saying that a captain who allowed two of his younger teammates to go and, and drink drive themselves in, in, into a serious crash and was, you know, like you say, unceremoniously sacked. I don't know if that is someone I want associated with my football club. Like, you know, who else are we going to put for bidding for? Chad Evans. Like, it, just, it seems a bit like... I, I, I just... I feel... I, I, I feel that that's just morally a little bit wrong. It's morally a little bit wrong. And I also don't think it's perhaps worth the fact that I don't know if we'll bring that much to the side as well. If it was a game-changing transfer, then maybe you're willing to look at it and you think, right, OK, um, I can see that. But it, it just feels a little bit messy. I don't know I don't know how I feel about that. And I, I know that I'm not alone in, think, in, in, in town spheres for thinking that just it's a little bit iffy. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, OK, I'm not going to go too in this because we don't know if it's confirmed or whatever, but... I'm, I'm not too sure about bringing Keogh in, to be quite honest. I don't know if it's the right role model I'd want. The, the Holmes thing, though, you got you know you have to bear in mind Dwayne Holmes has played 120, 130 senior games. So whilst it, yeah, he might not be the, the the right model in terms of a resale, Greg, I think what he will bring at least is a little bit of experience and a little bit of house. And I actually think the way his style, the way he plays, he is a bit all action. You know, he's uh, he, he can play number ten role. He can play. He can play wide. He likes to play on the half turn. You know, I could see how Carlos would look at that player and think I could possibly do something with him. Um, I'm only I'm, as I joked about before with you. I think I don't really see the point in Keo. I, I don't. While we've got Saar um, and and uh, Critchley Noble and, and and Reg, then give enough experience in there for me. I, I don't really see the the point of that. Um, the one, the other thing I've seen this morning, and if you, if you guys have seen it in terms of transfer rumours, is Alan Nixon's tweet around the club trying to get an agency to hawk out Luce O'Brien to the highest bidders. So there might be more doom and gloom to come yet, chaps, in that a lad that I feel we should be building the team around might be on his way out the door. 
Steve Chickens said. Did see that Stephen Chickens quickly yeah. put kibosh on that, didn't he? I think he said that he'd spoke. He made out that he'd spoken to a, a source in the know, and, and you know, I, I very much imagine that Stephen Chicken does have that kind of connections and everything. And so he said, "Look, that's he's yeah. very, very, very far down the list of players town are actively looking to sell." So I mean, okay, yeah, he, he seemed to put he, he seemed to put the dampeners on that one quite thankfully. Well, that was I saw that just before coming on actually, and so that that's that relaxed me somewhat. But I don't know, I was mixing stuff. I. He, he was the source of the um, David Nugent saga, wasn't he? And so um, we never got to know how much truth there was in that. So I guess you do have to take it with a, a, a generous help and a, a salt. But, but yeah, I was, I, was, I was nevertheless quite comforted to see what, what Stephen said, yeah. Well, people don't re- realise that Alan Nixon, he, he just gets agents or, you know, that's what it is. So it'll be, it'll be agents who are, who are feeded information. You know, that's right. Lewis O'Brien's agent might be trying to get in a new deal, etc. Because supposedly Newcastle and Burnley involved. But yeah, it, it it doesn't compared to two or three weeks ago, where you know we, I think we accepted Rolando Aaron's as coming coming in. We we thought there'd be more signings like that. I just I I don't feel comfortable with the recruitment again, and it is the one thing that you have to get right, and especially when you're trying to play. The type of football that we're playing is murderable philosophy. I mean, I've said it all along. John Eager goes, all these injuries start happening. You know, why, why, why did he get rid of Dr. John Eager? Shambles, absolute shambles. Um, but you've got to sign players who are young and fit. And I don't, you know, we have six now six first team experienced centre backs at the club. Elphick still out, Pritchard. Uh, not Pritchard think about Alex Pritchard for some reason you've got Elphick Stearman Schindler and Nabisar your first four choice centre-backs all out I don't know how long they're out for but surely you, if you want an extra bit of support for the for the rest of the season you look at the low market rather than signing someone that is contentious as that because you know he can go enjoy his life in League One with MK Dons for all I care but I don't particularly really want a 34-year-old on a good wage playing championship football where we can sign a 24-year-old in the summer who's going to be a long-term vision. I just, I don't know where the the recruitment team are looking anymore. If you have a philosophy, if you have, you're bringing in players like Peeper, brilliant. Even Rolando Arons, there is logic behind that transfer. But Richard Keogh, and, and to an extent Dwayne Holmes, you know, Dwayne Holmes may prove me wrong, but I don't think he's of the type of player that we need or of the quality because Carol Lighting's out for the season now. So we need a playmaker in midfield again. So surely we're going to have to go into the loan market as well for that. I wouldn't write off anyone though, Greg. Like, so you can say Dwayne Holmes wouldn't be able to do that, but we've seen so many players under Carlos be actually able to do things we didn't expect them to be able to do. So I'm at the point anyway where I wouldn't criticise a first team signing and, and, until I see what, what they can do under under Carlos. But I tell you what, we're a bit of a CB's graveyard, aren't we? Like you said, Greg, we're, I tell you, CB, like their agents, their agents must be like, right, you're 33 now. You've probably got another year or so left. Let's call Huddersfield. Let's give them a shout and see how many many years we can get off them. Because this Keogh, it just, I cannot accept that it's a genuine, a genuine interest from the club. I just cannot accept it. It feels very much like lazy media speculation in regards to, oh, he's played for them before. They need a new centre-back. Let's just let's just say he's going to go there. It does feel like that. Or somebody in the recruitment teams had a really good football manager career at town and he must have done a job a few years ago because between him and Dwayne Holmes, 
we're only missing John Rhodes for the set, aren't we? Once he's once he's linked with us, I think we've had the trifecta of uh, football manager great players. It, it just doesn't it doesn't sit right. It doesn't sit right with me. And like you say, the transfer policy, what has been rumoured and what we've got seems very um, non congruent. It doesn't it doesn't fit well whatsoever. The B team signing is great. Yeah, they do, but. Now talking about bringing older guys in when we're when we're trying to not do that because we're looking at resale values and focusing on that. Does Dwayne Holmes fit that? He looks young, Cam, but yeah, he's not. Is he? He's he's, he's older, but he, under under Carlos, he might be able to perform. He might be able to do it. Um, but he's still never going to be worth ten million because of his age. So there is a limit on his valuation based upon how old he is. And and either the rumors are bullshit and are coming from media and agents as as we often hear from and, and we know about. Or the club don't have a specific and, and pinpoint approach. And God knows which is which is the answer because um, neither of them seem to fit what Town are wanting to do. So I'm lost with it. I'm, lo- I'm lost with a lot of things this year. We win games we should lose. We lose games by putting out under-17s. It is a, it is a roller coaster of a season. Um, and, and this just further kind of muddies the water a little bit. It just seems strange. But we don't need Richard Keat. We don't need him. Why would you bring him in when we don't need him? We've got 58 centre-backs at a 98-year-old who are probably not far off needing a wheelchair. Like we don't need him. So so what sense would it make to bring it in? I just can't accept it. I just cannot accept it. Well, with that in mind, we're back to uh, midweek football against uh, Millwall. And, I, you know, we do need bodies in. As, as, as We've all whinged about the ones that we've been linked to, but we do need bodies in. And we, we've now back to uh, midweek football. As I've said, we've got... A fair few games coming up. Millwall on Wednesday night, uh, next Tuesday. I mean, thankfully, we're out of the FA Cup, so we do have a couple of days off, if, if you're going to look at a positive. Sorry, Cam. Um, Bristol City on Tuesday night and then, and then Stoke uh, to round off the month. It, it's it potentially not going to be a great month unless we, we, we get a couple of players back from injury and we, we get a little bit of clarity with the squad. But we do sit mid-table, so I'm trying to... Trying to round off on a positive note, um, you know, a, a win against Millwall would surely allay a lot of our fears. But God, this season has been really strange, hasn't it? So um, I don't know how the hell that's going to go down potentially. But you know, mid-table and everything, we just need a run, don't we? It was some kind of energy within the team because at the minute we, we, the wheels kind of started to fall off and I don't particularly know how we're going to get a bit of a momentum back into the team that can carry us on for the next six, eight weeks whilst players come back from injury. Well, what, what we desperately need is, is the sort of performance we had at, at Millwall away earlier in the season, isn't it? back in, was it October, was it? I mean, that was one of the, the highlights of, of, of the year. Um, I just, I don't know where that's going to come from. Uh, at the moment, we're surfing on the ground. There's a full team out, isn't there? There's 11 players. That was even before, you know, yesterday. I hope we don't find out on Tuesday that we've got more on the uh, on the on the treatment table. That's a full side that we've got out now. Um, and, and look, okay, certain things you, you you can't avoid. Although I think this is part and parcel of the way we play, like we said. And so um, we're paying the price now. And I think that it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a real test because okay, against what? But even with your full first team out, the point is you'd be competitive. Not to say you'd win, um, but the point is you'd be competitive, which we weren't, uh, which we weren't on Saturday. Um, but against Millwall, it's not about being competitive. These are a team that are right below us in the table. Yeah, this is a team that we, we need to be going out and be beating, especially in our home fixture. Um, and that does make me worry. And so I think in that case, maybe that's the sense in taking Aaron's off. Um, he's now, he's, he's been, he's been not having, okay, 
ample game time earlier this season and maybe just with an hour in his legs he'll be fit and ready to go uh, on Wednesday. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table, etc. Um, but again, I, I just don't, I just don't know. It's again keeping uh, players like Jay Wallace quiet, isn't it? Really, and, and I, look, you can't ignore the form table, and you've got to say that Millwall, okay, it's, it's it's a weaker side than us coming coming to us with a weakened team, and so I think it's going to be a really it's going to be a close one. Uh, I, I'm 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 going to keep it a close eye on Scarfe because I really really hurt that he can bounce back from that. I hurt the fact that there's no fans there and. Um, means that he can just focus on his game and we can get back to seeing the best of him because, you know, he's, he's going to be our number one now and we all, everyone wants him to succeed. It's just great to see a local lad doing well. Um, yeah, I just hurt. I just want it to be, I want, I want it to be not decided on mistakes this time, really. Uh, I'm not expecting a 3-0 whitewashing again, but, you know, if we can, if we can, if we can go out and get a 1-0 and, and win, then I'm, I'm going to be extremely happy with that because, again, it's just about holding that league position now and I'm going to keep holding on to that hope if we're only nine points off the playoffs after every game. I'm going to keep holding out that hope that we're going to, you know, Brando Warren's going to bag 20 goals in the half of the season we've got left and we're going to go up. But you know, it's not going to happen. But, you know, you just want to, you just want to concede that shaking his head there. <laughs> but you can, nah, you, you, it's all about just keeping that top half position, really, to be honest. And, and like, you know, this is a season where nothing's going to happen. We're not playing for promotion. We're not playing for relegation. We're just going to be solidified. And so if that's what's been decided for us, okay, yeah, I think it's a bit dull and I think it's boring and I think it's a bit of a waste. But we've got to keep doing that. And so if we can keep ourselves in that top half, we can pull ourselves back up to fourth position, then that's what we have to keep going for. And by doing that, we've got to beat teams like Millwall. So, you know, we're on a bit of a hiding team. I think it's got to be keep flat line and keep treading water. But OK, let's just put Saturday behind us now and, and, and focus on keeping us home form good because it has been. It has been. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? That it uh, <clears throat> it's a bit weird that in a season where there's no fans in the ground, home and away form still seems to matter. And we we seem to be finding a way to play and win at home, but struggling away from home, which is really odd. Um, obviously, the Millwall games at, uh, at the John Smiths, <clears throat> excuse me. So that that's going to be a probably a help. And in the next five games, we've got three home games against Millwall, Stoke, and Wickham. So you'd like to think we're going to take seven points out of those. Um, you know, we need to keep creeping towards that fifty point, fifty two point mark, whatever it is that we need to to make sure we're safe. Um, I can I could probably see us sneaking a win against Millwall on Wednesday. I don't think Millwall are any great shakes, um, but they are direct and they are difficult to play against, a bit like Wickham. So we know what we're going to expect combating. It might be quite another thing, but hopefully we'll get two or three first-teamers back in and around us and, and we'll have enough to get us over the line on Wednesday night. Seven points guys out of those games what are you on man honestly the team we put out yesterday I see I, and this is from me I thought we were going to have a bit of a playoff push after Christmas I thought we'd, we we're going to Phil going to get his wallet out do a bit of business and, and we'll be flying and, and now we're looking at these next three games and you're looking at seven points Abby, I don't see where a win's coming from with the team we put out so to me it depends on who's back and when they're back because the only positive out of yesterday for me was that Toffolo was captain loved it loved every bit of seeing that he's He's what you want to be at town for the next 10 years. Isn't he? He's, a, he's a leader and an amazing player. But apart from that, the rest of the team, Aaron's aside. But then I think he, when he got subbed off to me, he looked like he was limping somewhat. I don't know if it's, not, if it's his natural walk, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a little issue there. He looked, he looked a little bit um, ginger when he was walking gingerly when, um, when, he, when he came off. So the next five games are massive again. And, and to flip, I'm just I'm flip-flopping all season. I thought with the right moves at the beginning of the transfer, like Aaron, why was Aaron's not in at nine o'clock on the first day of the transfer window? 
I think it was the worst kept secret in football. Was he training with town from the moment um, we, we finished the game against Reading and, and started up again? Another players were off for a week, but was he one of the four in training, getting ready for for this week? Because that, that, that transfer should have been done and dusted day one, first thing. We thought more would have been in. They weren't, whatever. So now we're left with what we've got. And the team we part yesterday, I think, struggled to be any team in this division. They don't create enough chances. They were like watching, again, an FA Cup team go against a big boy from the Premier League. Sit deep. Let's Let's... Make it hard for him. Let's make chances rare. We won't threaten much ourselves, but we'll make it more difficult for them to score. And hopefully, late on in the game, we can twist it a little bit. And that might get you a point. It might get you a little win. But playing that way we did yesterday, it ain't going to get seven points out of the next three games. It won't get seven points out of the next five games. We need five games, sorry, guys. But we need we need more players back from injury to be able to threaten um anyone in this division because what we had was weak it'd be weak for league one to be honest wouldn't it those lads the, the, the amount we were talking about Schofield not having Ben Hamer behind him earlier Greg he also has two centre-backs in front of him less with less than 10 appearances each at this level there is no experience in front of him nor on the bench from goalkeepers and, and that's something that's throughout the entire team so for me I just want to get through these next five games I suppose and 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 hopefully everyone else loses below us because I don't I, I don't see it as a, as something that can turn out positive for us. I don't see us climbing up the table at all. It's about how far we fall with what we've got, and um, that's a miserable way to finish. I <laughs> I guess, but that's just that's just what what I reckon based on what we've got and what we saw yesterday. I sat through that game twice, unfortunately, because I had nothing better to do this afternoon. And Bar Aaron's having a, a bit of a decent performance. And Toffolo as captain, they want any positives there for me. Well, the happy clap has come down to earth, haven't they? Well, I live, the in, I live here, Greg. Greg, I live here. But up until up until December, it was great with what we had, and now it, it's just gone past the point of even Carlos being able to save it. It's that sunshine. I am going to finish on a positive and look at Millwall because I think Millwall have only won five games all season. Uh, they've only lost seven games all season, but they've only won five. They're, they're, they're the draw merchants. So if, you, if you're if you going to put a, a bet on Huddersfield Town on uh, Wednesday night, I, I think I think score draw is probably the bet to put on. Um, not advocating betting, though. We are a very responsible organisation. Um, gentlemen, thank you very much for your input. Um, thank you to those of you who've listened. Hopefully the rest of January we can see some well, a positive trajectory towards something that's um, us finishing comfortably mid-table, as Cam says, we already have done, um, <laughs> to have an easy life rather than consistently looking over our shoulders. Um, and hopefully get some people back. I think I still think if Town make one transfer this, this January, it should be Dr John Eager, but that's just me. Um, enjoy your week. We shall be back next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.